703, isn't it? That's not too bad for us. 703. That's like 650 for us. <laughs> um, <laughs> I always feel like we got our best jokes in when we have zero viewers. Did we so, start? Uh, uh, oh, we're live. Yeah, we're live. There we oh, go. Right on. <laughs> there we are. One uh, lucky viewer. Greg, Greg, where'd you get that hat? Right. Where did I get this hat? $5? No. I can't even did see they do it. a sale? Wait, is it a, what is it? Like it's a bowl life. Yeah, yeah, okay. Oh, bowl life. Oh, bowl Okay. No, because for for uh, yeah, rubber soul life. There's a five dollar rack. Yeah, um, Saturday, I saw I saw a good twenty dollars worth of broken bowl merch this weekend. I was trying to get some of that stuff, but it was like there were dramatic jumps in sizes. Yeah. Unfortunately, I just couldn't fit in any of them. Um. All right. Well, we're live. I will not uh, bore anyone else with my body image issues. Uh, Bruce, are you? You're posting in the in the groups. In I these, am. In spots. Um, I am spots doing like this. To rock. Uh, yes, I am doing this. But it looks like it's a little messed up. But whatever, we're gonna throw it in El Goose and it's messed up. A little, what do, but it's what fine. do we do? Whatever. What's what's up with it? It's just oh, It's a, you know. It's kind of like they're advertising sugar maple with Fred Savage on our on our stream. I think my 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 this might be delayed, you know. And I know Fred Savage. Yeah, is no, good, it's fine. I could act. I would act Fred Savage any day. I thought I sugar maple was over. Uh, was all right, on, cool. I was. I did act as Hamlet. If you guys didn't know, I, I probably said that a hundred times. But, Bruce um, was Hamlet when he said it. Bears repeating. <laughs> um. So Great Beyond is live again with another intro, chock full of random non sequiturs. Uh, we have a very, very exciting episode today. Um, we are going to talk about the acoustic side of bird bands, as well as we'll be joined by some very, very special guests. That's Ooh. right, guests, plural. Um, number one, and we will clarify with him once he's on, whether it's Hatchy Hache or, you know, whatever, but Scott from the Magic Beans. Uh, just I like Hache. Hache, Hache, yeah. Um, just released a new album on Friday called Shante. Unzipped. Uh, Shom. Ah, okay, we'll get there. I don't um, keep our <laughs> listeners. Um, and, you know, joining us as well to uh, recap a little, Arevalo is our good friend, Connor Marr, uh, former resident of Greenpoint, Brooklyn, relocate, relocated to Florida, uh, saw his first goose show with yours truly. And we slept at Trevor's house. Uh, but we'll dig into that. Um, Joey, Bruce, how you guys doing? I'm doing. I'm hanging in there. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, I'm doing good, actually. I, okay. I don't know. We'll go with that. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, All right. Convince us. Yeah. Um, Joey, how are you, man? Oh, just wonderful. Um, yeah, it's a good weekend. Good week last week. Definitely. Not much, go- not much goose. You know, got to see other music. Always uh, a pleasure. We caught Good. caught some bowl live, the Brooklyn Bowl, as we were discussing. Sure uh, that Rubber Soul Live set, Taz came out. Dude, that kid rips. I've seen him oh, three yeah. times in the past like week and a half. Definitely. Oh my god. Um, yeah, Taz is all over the place, and plus, it's yeah. like I remember when he was like four feet tall, and the guitar yeah. was like bigger than him. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. what I remember too, dude. Just, yeah. but I've We've been seeing him out in the jam scene since then, since he was a little kid, and I have never seen him live. 
one time. And he sits in when he was sitting in with the world. I think now he has his own band right now. But um, yeah. I've never gotten to see him live. I would love to see him. Uh, yeah, so, I'm surprised you've never seen him live, really, to I, be honest. Just, he was, like, shredding things, all over Fairfield County. Um, it just never yeah. worked out for whatever reason. But, um, yeah, but I do hope to see him soon. I just, like, forgot to rep my <laughs> alma mater, Lackawanna. Oh, Lackawanna State. Let's go, baby. <laughs> yeah. Let's go, Flockus. Um, but, yeah, I'm surprised you've never seen you never seen Taz. I mean, he's um, – I remember, I feel like I used to see him, you know, shredding an A minor with Twiddle all over Fairfield County uh, about 10 years ago. But, uh God Maybe knows. That's just my my. God family. knows where I was. You know. Yes, it's <laughs> my finely tuned ear. Um, okay, let's bring in our special guest number one, Scott Hache, no accent, uh, uh-huh. from the Magic Beans. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Scott, welcome. What's up, guys? Yo, what's up, man? Happy to be here. It's it's Hashi. It's oh, right. That that'll make it easy for me to remember. Like, well, not ask, anymore. You know? I'm uh, just gonna go with the simple joke there. <laughs> um, we're yeah. we're CBD guys, so uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, awesome. Well, <laughs> Scott, welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, so so happy to have you on. Uh, you know, I feel like you've been this obviously as a non-goose podcast we exist in the same atmosphere um magic beans have been around making dope music for a long long time um so we're stoked to talk to you about um some of your work some of your experiences your new album unzipped um how to pronounce last names um, <laughs> McKay and, and my last name topic. silent Very interesting um, <laughs> oh wow how embarrassing for me uh but we're so happy to have you on uh and you know we're gonna dig into a whole bunch today um but to kick us off we uh want to recap uh some arebolo that uh, happened last week Uh, unfortunately the soundboards weren't available so uh, you know we're not going to get this same quality of hard-hitting journalism that great beyond normally provides so we had to call in it's not the first time the band has let us down i'm not gonna (laughs) know Just, it's not the first time we have not <laughs> known what we were talking about. Um, so we're going to bring in field reporter Connor Marr. Hey, Connor. Hey, happy to be here. Thanks for What's having me, on, man. Welcome to the Great uh, Beyond. Um, it's the first time I think we've ever had five people on. No, dude. I think we literally the did whole last week. Proof band sat on a couch with us, which I mean, just because it was one feed, I think we can count them as individual people. And five we have separate tiles. <laughs> we had Jake yeah. and Andrew last week. Okay. Oh, right. Well, like said, <laughs> we don't fact check here. Um, so let's get into this news. Um, so last week, you know, uh, saw the acoustic side of Goose play um, a couple shows. Mm. One in New York State in a water. It was what? like a shed. It was like a shed, right, next to a waterfall or something like that, right? Or a, a pond, a pond, a lake, Lake Placid. <laughs> it so- was a wooden structure near a body of water. Uh, the guys played a very, very rainy specific. show. Um, what is it, Lake Lake Placid? Yeah. Um, yep. if, you, if you were at the Lake Placid shows, make some noise in the chat. Uh, it was so rainy that we assumed that the memory of the show was lost in time, swept away. Um, and so we didn't even know what the set list was. Don't really know what went down. For all we know, the show could have not really happened. However, there was another show in Massachusetts at the mm-hmm. Cabot Theater, Beverly. Um, and our good friend Connor here is here to break it down with us. Connor was there. Um, but first, 
things first. Connor, um, give us a little background to you and uh, how you found yourself to the great beyond uh, on the great beyond. Well, as I believe you said earlier, uh, my first goose show, this isn't a goose podcast, but my first goose show was with Mr. Greg Knight. We became dear, dear friends while my time in Brooklyn. And he goes, you got to come. You got to come. Uh, it's sold out. Yeah, no worry. I'll get you there. Um, and I saw it was a Gooseman show pre Mohegan, pre whatever that Norwalk theater. It was, it was, is that Kantiki? Mohegan Gooseman. <laughs> just, yeah. I, and I, it's one of my favorite things to tell people. It's just like, yeah, no, I saw these guys back when, uh, oh, back when they were heady. playing Kantiki. Super heady, dude. Super heady. Um, <laughs> I got a t shirt um, with the big G on it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, well, I do. It is a nice t shirt. It's a great t shirt. High tech. Um, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, no, I and then my brother is good friends with some Wilton boys, so I've known of this that this whole band scene since uh, the pseudo days. So I've kept yeah. my ear to the grindstone, and then yeah, first show Cantiki, second and third show Radio City, and it's been a little bit of a difference between those two. Um, and then you know, coming off the heat of Radio City, I'm expecting just a casual, quiet night of Arabelo, and then just proceeded to have my mind absolutely blown. Um, it was it was just absolutely spectacular. Uh, I kind of wish I was at the Lake Placid set because while it was wet and rainy, I could see those people from some of the videos the coach is putting out that they were up and dancing. Uh, the uh, Beverly Cabot Theater was a gracious host, but provided a very sit down environment. And I had multiple times where I'm just like, after I saw it, I was like, yeah, let's get up. Let's dance it out. No, <laughs> I'll be the only one. And I think Peter eventually was just like, you know what? You, you guys, you can't, you can't stand. Uh, and we, had, yeah. we finished out the show really strong. They liked the energy that happened to Terrytown a little bit too, and I mean, I got, I did get yelled at by Jeff for um, being abrasive in the crowd. Well, yeah, it's you're not kind of yelling. It, you're kind of yeah, heckling yeah, during an acoustic show. I mean, look, some of these, some of these mushroom products these days are incredible, but you know, but so it's just a matter of that. Or, or <laughs> pretty, I'm pretty sure, it was, pretty sure it was before the show even started too. Uh, yeah. yeah. As they just I came on stage, and then <laughs> he finally called you out after like three songs, and you were in the bathroom. So, you know. Oh, well, you hit and you miss, you know. It's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, Scott, uh, what are your thoughts on um, abrasive hecklers during um, acoustic sets? <laughs> you know, they're, they're extra great during acoustic sets. I think that's like the perfect time for it because it's like extra quiet. So everyone can hear what you're saying. Which is what you want, right? Right. You just want exactly. the attention. The attention is the most important thing to draw that from the entertainers on stage <laughs> who spent thousands of hours to prepare for a performance. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. With the there's like lots of live mics too, so it's really great. It gets amplified through the whole theater and easy and to pick up and ruin that sound. What you're saying, right? it's so good. So I recommend people that go to acoustic shows just like yell out whatever you feel. It's like a YouTube comment section. It's coming from a musician, everybody. So see, it's probably I, I learned this from from the performers. So that's it. Bruce respects yeah. art. Um so okay. <laughs> Word. Um Connor, one of those things, I mean, I think it's interesting that your first show, Goose Show, was at Cantiki, and then the next two were Radio City. I mean, that is pretty wild. Um, kind of traveling light years, uh, light speed, warp speed, not a space guy. Um, but 
want to talk Shout a little bit about the uh, early, early, uh, the first show and um, how you ended up sleeping at Trevor's house. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you told me I needed to be there. I took Metro North. Uh, I had no plan for us getting back. I wasn't, I mean, in those days, I'm, uh, I'm still very much a nomad. I live in Florida and I've been in Massachusetts and New York for the past three weeks and not leaving anytime soon. Um, so yeah. And then you introduced me to all the guys and all the friends. And I believe that was a very early Getty setup light rig. And that was mind blowing even in Cantina. And I was like, what are you guys doing? You got all this for this bar show. Um, and then I left with a beautiful knit goose beanie that I kept sacred for years. But I mean, yeah, if you can. So you hear, moved to Florida and had no use for it. I had zero use. Well, and no, the I mean, worst part about moving to Florida is that there's no live music down there because bands take a right when they get to Atlanta. <laughs> Not their fault. It's just, you know, gas prices. What, what do yeah. you expect? Um, so, but thankfully I'm a teacher and I can spend my summers up north enjoying Great, great music. We'll be seeing Fish next week and Parcels the week after. Pumped about right it. Right on. I will yeah. just um, quickly shout out some of the people that we know in the music scene down in Florida that Ben's actually been lucky enough to play play with. And I was lucky enough to see for a little while. Um, Jessica Jones down there organizing groups of musicians. We've got our friend, uh, friends in Joy Wagon. Um, there's a lot, just a lot of good bands. There are a lot of good bands down there. It's just a, a, a different scene, you know? And you yeah. get to Joy. Another good band out of there. You can't. We actually, Jessica yeah. Jones has a lot of Colorado roots, actually. She, her, oh, her does band, she? Yeah, her band, when she's here, our drummer plays drums. He's been playing with her for like almost 10 years now, actually. So, yeah, very Jessica cool. Jones. And then she went to she went to Florida just to play a festival. And I think she like fell in love with it and just didn't leave and fell in love <laughs> with the scene. They have like really? their, their own scene, kind of, I guess, down there yeah. because most people don't go there. They're like, have that tight knit crew you know that goes to all the shows and stuff i think that's dope right but they have a pretty good crew around that orlando st petersburg area down there and it's really interesting because like we'll, we'll, you know, we'll mention some of the connecticut local music sites goes here also later but um you know I, that's really interesting tangent because we always go on tangents and, and i think our listeners expect this but scott so thinking about the florida music scene and how in those little pockets there's a lot of great musicians a lot of good things going on but it doesn't seem to expand outside of that we talked about in the past denver somewhat being or colorado in general being a tough spot because people find a lot of success there but then it's you're so much further <laughs> i mean a little oh yeah geographically sure. from from other things you know and and so sure. what are some of the challenges that you've you've found or have seen or know of even from some of your fellow musicians out there, because you guys, I mean, you're, I think pretty popular. A lot of people out here know of you um, on the East coast. You it know, is a, it is a here, struggle, but... man. It's, it's a whole different vibe. I think, I think, you know, the, the, the easiest and most glaring obstacle is, is that the closest city is probably Omaha, you know, and that's, and that's yeah. nine hours. And then the closest city after that, it's probably Chicago and that's another five hours. So there's not like this, like it's to get the dream going. It's not as easy as like borrowing your mom's minivan and doing like a, doing like a Northeast run. Like it is up there and you can hit Philly and all those, all those cities. It's really like bands are struggling to like get 15 passenger vans with trailers just to like 
see if people like their music in Iowa, you know, yeah. and it's like yeah. hard to, it's hard to get it going that way. And then, and then I think also, you know, we were talking about it, how it's like hard to, the East coast scene is hard to break when you're a Colorado band. I think, I think it's like the reverse is like East coast bands get to come here. And then like, when you get a taste of Colorado glory, it like, it goes big, you know, and your East coast family is like, yes, you know, here. And then it's like, but there's no like a, I, what's like the Red Rocks of the East Coast? Like we were kind of thinking maybe like the Camden, Theater, Westville, you, Westville Bowl, the old Yale like, Bowl. Yeah, like, Westville it's, for it's sure. Hard to like it's think not. of an equivalent like put your flag down moment. We've made it in the East Coast thing, like it is in Colorado, and and people yeah. see it as like the mecca. But that's also makes it harder to get noticed. You know, there's a lot of other talent, and then. Yeah. uh and then, you know, Denver is one of those places that because they they, they kind of like outside feedback and people have said this about New Orleans where like people don't become famous in New Orleans until they leave. And then and then once they get mm. famous, people in New Orleans try to like claim them again. And they're like, oh, they're from New Orleans or whatever. <laughs> and I feel like Denver can be like that. We've definitely had a lot of support, but I've noticed like other bands not be able to get traction and then they'll just like go other places and people love them. And then people are like, oh, they're from Denver, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting dynamic that I think, you know, a, a lot of music fans might not, might not realize um, with some of that stuff. But but it is also nice that when people do go out to Denver, God, you guys do support the hell out of them. Everybody comes out for a lot of live music out there. And that certainly helped Goose. And, and that certainly helped other people we know. So, um, you know, that is also a great part about the community and the scene out there. Yeah. It's like a but taste I guess, maker scene too. Once you get the Colorado stamp of approval, I feel like it's a it's a good thing for a band, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh, what a rebelo, right? A rebelo, I guess. Oh yeah, yeah. right. Okay, yeah. Acoustic, not, yeah. acoustic, acoustic get music. You know? Let's get this done with. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was watching a rebelo. I was watching the Cabot Theater show, and I liked the Radiohead "Weird Fishes" cover a lot. Oh, oh yeah, that was spectacular. And then they even took it for a ride, which I thought was was nice. Okay, excellent. Yeah, so let's dig into that a little bit. Do we have the set list in here, Joey? Okay, Joey right. doing work. <laughs> this means us. that Thank Bruce you. listened to it, correct? <laughs> uh, no. Oh, no. No, no. I did not. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, I was I was listening to the Magic Beans all day, to be honest. So, uh, <laughs> you know, Rebel had to take a back seat, so. Um, but yeah, I mean, I know these songs, so we can, we can, I can talk about it. That's what people want to hear. <laughs> okay. Set one, <laughs> uh, Moonrise, California Magic, and, uh, Marie's name is Lace Flame, first three, uh, Moonrise, uh, P- Wes Anderson inspired Peter song recently. Oh, it is. Drip Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's all good. Yeah. That's fine. Right. You were there. You're the, you're the field reporter. So you tell us. <laughs> I mean, oh, I've just been feeling that from listening to that track over and over and over again and playing with my girlfriend. She's like, this has to be Moonrise Kingdom, right? And I've just been calling it Simon Weekend. Um, but it's mm-hmm. just, it, it, it's it's fantastic. I mean, yes. what, what a way to just sh- start off a nice, gentle, sit down, array below show. It's like the musical version of a turtleneck. Um, <laughs> so, it holds you uh, nice and close. Uh, 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 yeah, yeah, it's good. Nice, yeah. yeah. Um, that was one of your better ones, Greg. I like that. that yeah, I feel like I yeah. should sign off now. Um, music theory, everybody. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a good mode. Um, so, Marie's the name, and then uh, one of my acoustic favorites, Western Sun, um, followed by Weird Fishes, as we know, by Radiohead. Um, and Quick possibly. 
just quick shout out to the kid thing next to me who knew it on the first couple notes. Not a big Radiohead fan, um, not just purely out of ignorance, um, but Steely did did win a uh, Grammy over them. Just Steely Dan references. <laughs> Sorry, had to do it in this episode. I'm gonna force it in, uh, but yeah, the kid next to me, he was just going solo to a show, and he heard those opening notes of Weird Fishes and was losing his mind, and it was it was a beautiful thing to say. It was a nice yeah, story. it's a cool pick yes. too. Like they had a couple ones where like they're more you would think are like electric songs that they mm-hmm. threw in there and like gives it a whole different vibe. And some of these songs they made a little bluegrassy, but yeah, Weird Fishes is one that like oh okay, like this actually sounds really nice when you kind of slow it down, give it some space and. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah. And Sky, were you a Radiohead fan? Is that why you kind of um, noted that he, it was it was huge Radiohead fan? Yeah. Um, yeah. That that song is like tough vocals as as any Radiohead song, I feel like. And yeah, of course. And then are. also like you can't you can't just like go in and, and do a Tom York like impression or whatever. And like so it's like you definitely have to do it in your own way if you're gonna do it as a vocalist. So it, it's not I just thought it sounded really great and then Nice little jam on the end there. And then they take it into Arrows or whatever. Was that the next Arrow? song? Yeah. yeah. Arrow. Yeah. No, sorry, well, Arrow. Yeah. I'm I'm still kind of a novice, but that song, that's kind of my no, new song, uh, is mm-hmm. Arrow. I've, I fucking love that song. <laughs> did you hear Did you hear how they decimated the song on the new album? No, I know. I'm not. It shouldn't be so. That's actually, <laughs> the, <laughs> first, like, actually the version that got me into the song. Oh, <laughs> really? Right? Liar. Yeah. Uh, Dude, I'm, I'm not kidding, man. And a lot of people obviously had a lot of things to say about that. That's a lot that of things. That's some things to say, but um, when they play those songs live at Radio City, I thought it was tremendous with the horns. And I'm not usually into to a lot of people that's like I, I don't often love horn sit-ins and jam shows because it's just a challenging mold to fit them with with horns. And how do you do it? Do you either really hold off the gas, or do you really try to get in and, and almost noodle on the horn like you're a guitar player or something? But um. You know, it's not always my favorite thing, but I think they did a good job with rearranging those songs for horns in a way. And they really crushed it live in a way that that really kind of cemented what you were hearing more on the album, I think. Um, but it's interesting to hear that that's the Arrow version that um, turned you on to it. So, yeah, for all the haters. I shouldn't say that. <laughs> I, saw him, I saw him play it live at, uh, at the Sculpture Garden Park here. Um, okay. And and just remembered purely the melody and and enjoying the song. And then when they released the album version, that rekindled my love for the song. And and now and now I fuck with a live version too. Oh, sorry, no f words. What are we? No, doing? no, we no, don't. F-words. Absolutely, no, everything yeah. pretty much no. goes. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're all good. So I, yep. Yeah, I fuck with a live. I fuck with a live arrow now. But uh, I think the studio version's cool. I think it's, I think it's definitely one of the more out of the jam sounding songs on the record so it's like mm. you know i i feel like i could show that to friends that aren't into jam music and it's a great like bridge yeah. for them into the music the drums sound cool i don't know yeah <laughs> Stuart yeah. bogey yeah. too on the horns like he wrote some great licks for that song yeah which like mm. we got to see or at least i got to see him live for the first time at peach and i was like okay yeah this oh well radio city too but let's let's call that a sit-in um right. but yeah his peach set with joe russo that was an incredible band man Oh, awesome. So, yeah, or anyway, Rebelo, Greg. Right, yeah, we'll just, you know, we'll, we'll <laughs> yeah. talk about it. Uh, followed up I, mean, I think Arrow was my first tier of the night. I, I, oh, really? I, I had, I had oh. multiple tiers throughout the night. I'm just an emotional oh. being, what can I say? But the end of Arrow just <laughs> oh, got me. Got me oh, so okay. good. 
In my I mean, episode with um, Jess and Mike Dubois, we just basically talked about her crying. So you know, it was a whole episode. So, uh, yeah, no, we're down. <laughs> they're just That's listening good. to the YouTube, like a Western son, I was trying to fight back tears. Oh yeah, that like it's just so the three of them. Western, I think Western primed me. Arrow got me. And still, <laughs> still rising. I'm just like. Save the wolves. Yeah. So, I mean, I, but I think it's important to mention uh, following Arrow, um, speaking of Tears, oh. Mad World, originally by Tears, well, no, Creatures, then Mad World, originally mm. by Tears for Fears, uh, then resurrected by Gary Jules in 2001. And um, a weird Gears of War commercial. Um, I remember downloading that on Napster. Doesn't really <laughs> matter. That. You remember that? Was <laughs> remember that? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. 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 All right. It's not cool. going to know anyway. Game is dope. Yeah. What's yeah, Napster? Oh, that was, that was a joke, everybody. Nah, uh, we don't like yeah. ages. Joey's more of like a Gonzaga. Yeah, brought to by LimeWire crew. Yeah. gang. Yeah. Fair quickly, sure. before, quickly before we get to the second to the second set, I just want to highlight dim lights because um, during is that uh, I don't know who sings that song. Is that an Elvis tune or what? Or is that a I think it's, a, a Rick, it's an original. It's a Rick. It's a Rick song. Yeah. that that was the set break talk. Everyone outside mm. smoking whatever they're smoking CBD. I'm sure. Uh, yes. Sunset Lake CBD, fifteen yeah. percent off with the twenty percent CBD 20%. flower. When roast yeah. is harsh, yeah. Uh, Promo code beyond. I need this hey, month. We need this advertising money. I mean, sorry, guys. That's <laughs> why <laughs> hey, hey, I'm throwing up these alley oops, guys. Uh, but seriously, I mean, is three or four different people that I have not ever spoken to in my life came up to me and were just like, "What was that song in that little spot?" And then I ended up asking Coach and them afterwards and that was that, right, that was cry count two i think okay cry <laughs> count two okay and jess is in, in the in the chat actually tallying me so yeah, yeah. perfect i think they, they right, debuted so. at tarrytown which like i think it was a little different too at tarrytown <laughs> like it was a little more sped up if i'm remembering correctly um mm. so maybe yeah the fact that they slowed it down just it's a tearjerker oh. now mm. oh sure is um so after a quick set break sponsored by kleenex um into um, also tennessee jed we forgot that but yeah okay tennessee ted oh, oh right tennessee, ted. tennessee ted. everyone ignored everyone ignored it uh, yeah, because tennessee jed. so beautiful um <laughs> so set two start out with the epic trio of born hunger site drip field all acoustic um yeah connor, connor. <laughs> give, it, give it to me give it to me tears uh, tears three and four um i don't <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be the guy who just falls in love with the first song on the new studio album, but gosh, is Born just so perfect. I mean, I must have listened to it like wow. six times today. And then you add in the emotional connection now to the Radio City of Hunger Side right. and Drip Field, plus right. just being just saying, wow, 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 like every five yeah. seconds because I can't get mm. it out of my head. Mm-hmm. And it's and then you just get all, here. Just take all three. Sure, why not? And right. it's just, you had two uh, cries in that I, one three song section. That's all, that is the most you know telling thing. So. As a fan, I saw like I I was just thankful because I was just like, listen, I've been listening to this studio album nonstop. So 
And I think we got what six or seven songs from that album just in this one night. And I'm just like, fine by me. This is all I've been listening to. So keep it coming. It's interesting it. a lot of the, the, the feedback on this album though, too, you know, which is why I like to kind of keep going back to it because I always liked Born when they released it. A lot of people did not too. And then once they started playing it at a live setting, it you know, really kind of caught on a little bit more. And once they started throwing in the 2001 jam, <laughs> that was also good. Um, yeah. But, yeah. You know, that also helps. But, you know. yeah. um, I noticed on the, <laughs> the um, you know, YouTube, there's a stream on YouTube for anyone who doesn't know if you want to watch the set. Uh, like the crowd erupted during that big solo in Hunger Sight, which like is kind of weird because normally electric, it like screams, but like it's kind of this faint mm-hmm. high note on the acoustic that like still everyone's going to know that's the moment where, mm-hmm. you know, you know who yeah. just came in and ripped. And speaking of that, that, that comment that Greg just put up um, from from our boy Willie here. The, so I, this is something that we're going to talk to Scott about, too, once we get through this Rebel set, but um with their with your new album but those three songs really are very a very cohesive unit of songs yep. and do and the album in general is relatively cohesive but there are some outliers um of, and you know that was more or less what i was expecting is it is it for all of it to kind of flow through that through that vein and and of course it, do, it doesn't quite but um you know that's kind of the stuff that i always expect out of an album and, when, and those three songs really do come together so nicely um okay um Quick, you know what? Quick aside, I love tangents. Uh, yeah, that's all Lewis, we do. Robbie Lewis. <laughs> yeah, this is why we'll read <laughs> a show long recap. So, Robbie Lewis, tell <laughs> yeah. you guys at Paradise. Um, I happened to talk to Matt Kalinsky, good friend of the podcast, uh, today, and he let me know that Paradise was absolutely lit. Me, um, tell us, tell us, Scott, about Paradise. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's cool. <laughs> I, I'm all about the block party vibe. I think it's super cool. They basically just set up right downtown Covington. So there's like you're flanked, you know, by these cool old buildings in Covington that they have. And then um, and it's free. So anyone can come down. Oh. I think you get, you know, obviously the guys who put it on essential productions, they are most known for resonance music festival as yep. well as some other events. And they own a lot of the venues there in Covington and Cincinnati. So they have their own crew of jam heads and EDM crew that comes out for the show. But then there's also just like the walk up factor, which I love. I just love playing for people that have no idea what jam music is. I think it's awesome. I think like, I think you could like either like scare them away or, or like literally turn someone on to like their new favorite thing ever. So uh, that's cool. That, can you spot part. them from the crowd do you think like oh that person's <laughs> yeah. never <laughs> they're just like what is going on it's <laughs> usually know? yeah yeah i just made a face if you're if you're just listening but uh usually staring getting their face melted or or they're wearing like a like a bright blue blouse and with like a little <laughs> yeah. you know like where i'm Some just sun like, hat you, you stand <laughs> out in yeah. this crowd but you're but just love, shopping like at a boutique and then i'm all getting, about it i'm all yeah, about it psychedelic rock in the face <laughs> oh yeah no it is it is funny and it, and it's speaking about we've been speaking about movie music scenes we've talked about the connecticut music scene a lot of course here um but and we were talking about florida we're talking about denver um but covington also has a great music scene a lot of music lovers like you mentioned uh and there's a really cool it's a really fun place to go and see that. Oh, yeah. It's also been instrumental for, for our friends at Goose and, and a lot of, you know, a lot of other musicians even from around here too, as they try to branch out. 
Yeah. Love Covington. Absolutely love Covington. Um, yeah. It rivals Scranton and being entirely British. <laughs> um, I, right, so, I will say shout out to the people of Cincinnati. I, I had someone ooh. point out that like all the events, cause Madison live, the, the venue and a lot of their other stuff always happen in Covington. They're right across the river from each other. Right. Someone made a point to tell me like, what's well, mostly Cincinnati people here. And then they say, they say Covington, <laughs> thank you for coming out. And they say this, and it's actually Cincinnati. They <laughs> so oh, I just want to like put that out there. Okay. So they don't. Well, people from Ohio need whatever they need, whatever they can get. You know, (laughs) (laughs) how rude though. Like, let's take from Kentucky. Um, (laughs) Who's clearly just (laughs) some of their parts thing. Abundant in fans. Um, All right, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna finish breaking down this Rebel show. Um, (laughs) uh, Okay, after trying after the drip field trip titch. Um, we got U.S. Blues, Grateful Dead's musical testament to the Patriot Act, uh, fan favorite around the 4th of July, and then Silver Rising. For the werewolves. Waterworks. 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 Um, and after that, Arise, new joint. Um, what did you think about Arise, Connor? Um, I mean, I was, as I previously stated was in a very emotional spot um and and it was a nice second set just arise if you will hate to do it but yeah it literally it lifted me right back up into it and i think that might have even been the one that peter was just like you know you guys can stand up and boogie with us for a little bit if you'd like um and it was a blast um Nice. Yeah, waiting for the soundboard to come out. Yeah, that's so good. Wait. That's good analysis. It's better um, than what we come up yeah. with most of the time. So that was generally really we speculate. Um, yeah, it was, and it was perfect timing for Madavan to be the next song because that's the one everyone's going to get up. Like it sounded like the loudest from the crowd singing. At least it was people singing along to Madavan. I mean, easily one of their biggest hits. Obviously, between you know one of their Katie and Madavan, there have always been the ones that people really catch on to or 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 people you know that would change people's minds a little bit so um mm-hmm. yeah because they're poppy good lyrics man good energy to those songs so Madavon, that's why they play it all the time <laughs> i never knew some, <laughs> some like sanskrit excerpts would get the people going the way it does but oh. uh hey so it goes little known fact i did try to teach myself sanskrit for six months and then quit that hobby <laughs> Sanskrit. When you're a man of uh, education. I was just high. Here's a new language I can learn. Can we put that in the trailer? This is why yes. I'm a podcast. Great on podcast. I was just yeah. high. <laughs> yeah. well, that's, that's really how I got roped into this. But yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, and yeah. finally, yeah. ship of fools. <laughs> ship of fools. Done. We did it. Close Done. it out. That's a wrap. That's a wrap. <laughs> um, All right. Scott. I love Ship of Fools. Um, <laughs> great cover. Classic, classic song. Classic. Well, I love Ship, Ship of Fools is really, if we're going to talk about this Rebel show, but that's my favorite. Like, they did that as a, a Rebel or their little three-piece. Um, and we mentioned the pandemic before on some of those pandemic streams. Or I did also hear some cool Magic Beans on one of those, too, during that year. But, um, yeah, that, that was the t- first time they played it, I think. Um, ever, I don't think they ever played it as a pseudo or, or goose, and then and I just I love that song, and and I I loved would love to hear that more a little more from them. I got to go to some of these acoustic shows and not not talk over the show. So, 
we're going to do that one of these days. Yeah. <laughs> lift their restraint soon enough. Yeah. If Jeff allows me in. <laughs> um, so Connor, one other thing I just want to t- touch on, um, is that, yeah. uh, you know, we met, uh, I, we went to goose show together, but I think we like united over our love of ripe. Um, yeah. and, uh, now Robbie Wolfson, good friend of the podcast. Uh, that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah. but I just want to acknowledge that, um, you know, sometimes if you're in a place, you don't know anyone, uh, but you like the same bands, then you're never actually strangers. Um, Connor, uh, and I were, there was that, four five six at the restaurant uh and um you know we had a very long chat about the best tracks on joy joy in the wild unknown um so good. connor cool. went on to lead a movement of folks wearing green headbands and droves at shows um nice. all and, from a uh, candlelit dinner all from a candlelit dinner nice. and some hearty <laughs> lasagna so- <laughs> just quickly Very greg was romantic. introduced to me as a guy who had an extra hampton fish ticket and <sighs> oh so that's <laughs> so, why you lulled him into the dinner yes i get it so yes. he he's he's still in my phone as just fish and has never <laughs> never changed that and then yeah i mean it was also one of the greatest fish i've ever been to but yeah i mean exactly as you're saying like live music and even just music in general brings people together and you're truly never alone if you can enjoy the same music as someone else and oh it's so good i was at a festival this past weekend shout out levitate and it's just so good to be fully back and just to be you know i think during during all that my i was never telling my girlfriend i was like i just want to be in a sea of people that i don't know all enjoying same same music yeah Um, so we were saying that to each other peach too like oh sorry yeah go ahead no, go ahead oh on the t- on the t-shirt note it's been harder like when because or on the the similar band note where you used to like see someone with a t-shirt of a band you know and you'll be like oh a new friend in like a strange familiar place now that the grateful dead like sells at target i'll like go up to <sighs> people and i'll be yeah. like hey what's yeah. up you like the dead bro and they're like <laughs> yeah. no <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> I'm like, oh, sorry. <laughs> you know the bears. What? Like a false what? flag? Like, like yeah. you know, U- U.S. Blues ship of fools. What are you? <laughs> like asking this toddler? are not listening to this podcast either. <laughs> this toddler in a dead shirt. Like, come on, man. What do you think about this Speedway boogie? Um, okay. So we're going to take a deep breath and refocus here. Connor, thank you so much for joining us today uh, and being our field correspondent. Hopefully um, next time Goose is in Florida, we won't um, have to go down and you can just report for us. Uh, but we love you. Mm-hmm. Miss you dearly. You. And it's uh, thank it's you so much. It's Thanks great. for coming it's on, great. Connor. We appreciate it. I'll have for six sure. lasagnas today in your honor. Mm. Oh, gosh, don't even get me started. All right. <laughs> Later, brother. <laughs> Later, man. Here yeah, we now go. We, now we Thank can you, pivot Connor, for bit. joining. Yeah, yeah, that was very it. helpful. Given that everybody, um, I, I didn't even listen to what was available to listen to. So, uh, <laughs> we should Thanks, yeah. give a should give a shout out to who posted the video. Uh, Beats and streams, the name of the YouTube channel. So, hey, thank you for saving Thanks, our nice. podcast. Thanks, streams. <laughs> and really, we'd be talking days, out our ass. Still, these days, we should always out a little thanks to tapers who also were who helped you know kind of feed my love for live music as a little kid and um 
and now it's it's just grown into a much bigger thing. Everybody's putting out soundboards now, but still a lot of dedicated tapers out there. So shout out to them as well. And then everybody that always tries to stream from the shows. Um, that's always super helpful, you know, when they don't have anything available. So um, yeah. yeah, we get a lot of help from the podcast from that, from that, from the community. So uh, we love that. Hell yeah, Bruce. You know, it's Scott. dude, you're not the only one who could be positive on this podcast. You know, I'm just trying to throw you off for not being positive. Shocked. And yeah. it's, it's po- well, it's, you know, I'm high a little bit. And the CBD, so it's just, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> These so. mushroom products, it's either, either like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you smiling and, you know, cheerful or heckling. Um, so <laughs> let's, let's, let's dig in. Let's dig into uh, this new Magic Beans work unzipped uh instrumental ep all instrumental from a very dynamic band that um certainly sing uh but it was a completely new direction for the magic beans um just Scott, tell us a little bit about inspirations for the project maybe show us what the vinyl looks like and just tell us how it all came together uh. yeah unzipped man it's it was uh it's just like Oh God! Uh, it was, <laughs> it, was, that a was fun, it was it was honestly just like um, a chance for us to just flex some other muscles and interests that we had. Um, we kind of saw it as like like a departure and in like an alter ego for the band for a minute. Um, I feel like as a musician, here's the vinyl. Nice. Yeah, it is, it is awesome artwork. Yeah. Uh, so. Let's start with the artwork. Um, it's made by our tour manager and um, merch guy, Austin Kuntz. He's also a, a graphic artist, but this is all yeah. analog um, collage work. So he does this all in a studio with actual clippings. He has like huge piles, thousands of magazines that he takes clippings from. And then this is an actual zipper. Um, nice. And then he takes photos of it. So it's kind of old school art. Um, oh, wow. And then he did the back as well. Um, that's badass, dude. Yeah, so that's really unique about it. And and we like, we actually took this photo in his house too. <laughs> nice. We yeah, like, yeah, nice. It's cool to so keep it in house. Using the tour manager for a lot. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we like to keep it in house, man. We're, we're all yeah, like, dude, we kind of see the beans as like a little artist collective. We really, um, we source locally and within the group for a lot of like our own stuff and um that's part of the vibe you know it's like i I, there's a lot of graphic artists i really love and illustrators um that we've used before but who knows more about your your you and and your band than someone who's on the road living that experience with you on a day-to-day basis so it's cool that's like i'm really proud of that aspect austin's a really cool guy a really special guy i know anyone that's ever met him on the road uh he's he's just an easy guy to get along with he actually We'll do uh, come join us on stage too. He we use him for a lot. We really put him to work. Um, <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, he he comes. You know? He comes up and he does his alter ego. It's called Youth Large, which is like his uh, rapping <laughs> alter ego. Because nice. uh, he'd be slanging merch, Youth Large. Um, oh, and, and, nice. Uh, <laughs> yes. the so he'll do like Outcast. Uh, we just did What's the Difference from like the seminal Dr. Dre album 2001. Sure. You talk a good one, but you don't know what you're supposed to do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, well, yeah. Really, huh. so Put me in, man. Come on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you, uh, next Bean Show, you're coming up. I'm oh, ready. Yes. 
Greg was, I'm ready. Hey, Greg's got three verses, so I'm just excited to hear which one it, it is. You know, that's yeah, <laughs> fine. It's actually like six because I, I mix them up half and half. Yeah, oh, so yeah. it's cool. Let me go write something new. Who knows? Um, great. Come on, Bruce. <laughs> no, no, I know. On, I man. forgot about the mix and match. I forgot that the yeah. it's like factorial. Mm-hmm. You know, through right. factorial or whatever. So, yeah, I get it. <laughs> factorial fiction. Um, so <laughs> unzipped, like yeah, artwork, artwork, flames. But let's talk about what's that's right. Let's talk about what's on wax though. Um, yeah, like, the music is like um, our tribute to like beats. It's our tribute to like. Um, like soul aquarians you guys are familiar with that era of like 90s music yeah. it's like d'angelo and like yeah. uh, oh yes and like yes. jay dilla and mm-hmm. like uh the roots and like um there's a lot of great like underground lo-fi music happening in that time um there's obviously a new instrumental lo-fi kind of resurgence happening mm-hmm. um with Krong band, I feel like kind of was like the big seminal band for that and then now there's yeah. like lots of that type of music coming out uh we just love it we love how it just like sets a vibe like sometimes you'll be like chilling and then all of a sudden like the the song setting a vibe and then some guy like comes in he's like hey yeah and he starts singing at you and you're like you know like i was good without the lyrics uh i thought that was fine (laughs) or like some moments call for that like some parties or some just like moments uh lo-fi beats to study to whatever you want to call yeah, it so right right yeah that's up we, on YouTube, we yeah. just love it so it's kind of our tribute to that sort of music um and and just trying something different you know i when you're a band you like have a sound and i feel as though you keep you keep hammering on it like a blacksmith and like honing that that sound in in maturing it with each album release you know goose is a great example of that you know, you go back to some of their early tracks compared to Dripfield. It's so different. Some people can't even process it yet, (laughs) but they will. And they're going to love it. And they're going to, you know, that's the thing with new stuff. Um, But it was also cool to like put that on hold for a second and be like, all right, as opposed to trying to like build this bean sound, what if we just started from scratch and, and sound like what, what if we were just the same four players, but a completely different band in a completely different scene. So just fun to do. Um, we like making music, so that was a big, big in- influence of that. Yeah. Speaking yeah, no, of, I, I, oh, go on. Oh, it's all, we, we, we can let Joey talk. You prepared a little. Oh, thank, oh, yeah. thank <laughs> you. I want to hear what Joey has to say just this once. Oh man! <laughs> no, like when I first listened to the album, first of all, you mentioned that, that you're like kind of paying tribute to those like YouTube mixes of like lo-fi stuff to study to. Like I listened to it at work, and the album I feel like went by so quickly, and all of a sudden here on out came on. I was like, wait a minute! Like am I on like artist shuffle or something? And like I just blown through the whole album, like however long it was, it like 45 minutes or so, hours. Yep. So like had just blown by, and like. I, you know, it's a good amount of songs on there. And like, to me, and I think Bruce, you mentioned this, like the songs kind of fit so well where they go into each other and like, there are breaks and there are transitions where you could clearly tell if you're looking at it, like, Oh, this is a different song. But if you're just listening, I feel like the whole album kind of just like flows yep. as one piece of art. So it's cool right. to hear you talk about that. And I'm like, all right, I'm not going crazy. That's like the intense behind it. It totally is, man. And it's, it's, yeah, like it's not meant to grab your attention. I don't think, like, if I were to be like telling someone what the magic beans is all about, I don't think I would start with unzipped, but, but there's no, 
there's no what well, we one thing we realized during the pandemic is like there's no like limit to like what we can do as a band and choose to do i mean we really i think we bands put up walls and like this like follow the course of the band before you sort of thing and like you can like we can do anything we're not really writing music for like the radio like we have our fans that like right. our music and and they're waiting right. you know i can put up a song and like ten thousand people are going to listen to it in a week and that we were just like that's literally crazy and this is the dream so we're just going to keep churning out stuff so unzipped is kind of like even just the first example of that like our next record is going to be uh, all acoustic based and it's going to be really song oriented three four minutes bluegrass americana singer songwriter based music and then the record after that's going to be like pumping funk with like house and techno music kind of in the mm. background and like we're just kind of the beans have always done that and we've kind of like tried to do it on one album and now we're just like we're just gonna fucking fire him <laughs> off dude we're kind of like inspired by king gizzard in that way and Corey wong he had like a prolific year right. recently where he did like four or five records in a year and we 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 have like four songwriters you know and, and like greg was saying we all sing and like we have no shortage of like content and like like musical content there's always like new songs to play so we're kind of the only thing holding us back from like releasing those songs it's like doing the work so we're just like right let's just do it and and not worry about album cycles and and all that stuff and just put out art and and i think eventually just like it sticks with people and <laughs> yeah yeah well, especially if I it's all different too so, yeah yeah and i absolutely love this album it like definitely <laughs> stuck with me and i mean I, i'm also a big fan of the lo-fi stuff these days you know and it's perfect for work and that's exactly what, what joey was saying it just it just flew by but like on that vein i was gonna ask uh in terms of how this album came together because it does flow so cohesively um it was it something that you guys had these songs written and obviously you're talking about some up like already a couple upcoming albums do you already have a lot of these songs written and it's just about getting into the studio to hash them out with um, each other and, and kind of develop them and get them recorded. Um, and then for like this album, was it all like kind of a one piece that you guys cut up or did you have these tracks kind of identified already? Yeah. Um, crazy enough. This, this, that's actually a huge part of the record that I didn't even kind of mention is most of these songs were kind of composed, rehearsed and recorded in the same day or in like a two day studio session so like we oh wow almost none of it was composed in advance we we you know i think i stank i and there are a couple like chord progressions is basically like you know starting points where it's like mm -hmm. maybe jams we've done where i was like man this we found this chord progression naturally let's try to like hone it in we sit in the studio we hammer it out <clears throat> we rehearse it four times and we press record we play it four times um, there was very minimal overdubbing wow. and stuff. It's pretty much just one take. And then like overdubbing was like adding layers as opposed to redoing solos and stuff. There's really no solos. <laughs> so anyway. It's really practically a live <laughs> album. I mean, minus you did yep. a, a few recordings, but it's pretty much. Yeah. And that, we kind of thought it was like almost. It's like a departure from the jam band scene, but it also is like a tribute to the jam band scene where it was like very similar like a studio approach to jamming i mean we went in there mm. it was almost like if you were like jamming at a show and then all of a sudden you're like 
but no one's there. And I could stop the band and be like, guys, what if like you use this different sound on the keyboards and then I want more of a hook from you. And you kind of got just to hone it in a little bit. And then like you like froze time and then went back into the jam and everyone got to hear like you just hashed it a little bit. It's still jamming. Mm -hmm. Like, you know what I mean? But like just a little extra like sleight of hand here and a little extra of like effort or whatever or just uh time and then and then and then you got your fi- your finished product and that way it's it also is it has that natural vibe that, that isn't overproduced or anything like that yeah. Yeah, which which the production sounded great honestly i Thanks. and and then yeah but like you said it did feel very natural it did have that kind of organic flow Thanks, i think that man. contributes to how you know easy it was to listen to and how how kind of it went by in a flash sort of that feeling comes from that yeah. Thanks, man. It really reminds me of, and you reminded me like the uh, point about how this is kind of a tribute to the jam scene, like that uh, Circles Around the Sun album they did with Neil Casal, like that tribute to like mm-hmm. Grateful Dead jams mm-hmm. that were yes. like a little off. That mm-hmm. came into my head when I was coming or like listening to the album too. So I don't I'd know, say it's sure. just the yeah. Circles remind me of for for the record. They they nailed the instrumental vibe. That's like one of my go tos when I want to just like pass time, man. Like you said it. It flows through the record, but like not in a bad way. Almost where if like you no, want to kill right. some time, it helps that happen. You know, whereas I feel like songs with lyrics can almost like they're so jarring when they change songs that like you're like, oh, four minutes just went past. Four minutes just went past, you know, and it's like almost telling you how much time is passing as opposed to just like letting you coast through life. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, be distracted, exactly. be distracted by music, which is a great music is a great distractor. I don't think there's any right. like disrespect to a song to say that it like distracted me and like and like i wasn't even fully listening maybe because you really are subconsciously listening to that music and it's helping you find that that flow that you need for study and that's why people fell in love with lo-fi beats to study too and all that stuff and i think that's why that music in general is having a moment right now because there's so many people working from home working in offices working on computers that need to have the time go and, and, and aren't interacting as much. So it's nice to have music. Right. But it's so tough. Just, it is tough to not get to, you still got to get those catchy hooks though. You guys really had some catchy hooks on that. It's a can't just be monotonous or too, or too boring, <laughs> you know, in yeah, that sense. That was one of our conversations is like, there better be a melody. Cause if there's no melody, <laughs> really just nothing happening at all. So yeah, each section had to have a hook and that was, that was fun, man. And, and just like, it's cool to see, what the guys got in them, you know, when you have to hammer it out. I mean, I think there's a lot of when we write records and I think most bands, like people come in with the song almost all the way done um, a demo. Lots of these guys like Peter and, and us are multi-instrumentalists. So they may have even like played the bass part, keys part and guitar part for you. So there's like not a lot of interpretation. So the band's like, all right, well, my part's done. I just basically play on it you know, where this wasn't even very collaborative and there's nothing wrong with that. And, and bands bring songs to life in a way that you could have never done yourself. So there's all that magic happening, but it is cool to just sit in a room, not have anything and then be like pulling at each other and seeing like, well, what do you hear? Cause like everyone could hear like a different hook over a chord progression here. You got this groove. And I'm like, I hear like, and then Dummy's like, whoa, I heard like whole notes. Like, and I'm like, and it's just crazy just hearing people's different musical vocabulary. These people, you know, like brothers and 
And then all of a sudden, like you're tracking and the song's just, it's fucking there <laughs> and it's done. <laughs> it was very cool. I have an um, uh, important development in the world of lo-fi music. And that is that yesterday, YouTube took down lo-fi hip hop girl. Uh, and apparently there was a whole lot of controversy around this. Um, sure. Well, they brought uh, it back, didn't they? Yeah, so they they, they brought it back. Uh, okay. but I guess let yeah, him do guess, his arc. He has a story. I'm so arc. sorry. Yeah, spoiler, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Jeez, I'll go get. I'm going to go get I'm a glass the one, of water. I'm the one I'll who's be supposed to be talking over everybody in this podcast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the middle of the story actually doesn't matter now. Uh, but no. They, so, uh, you know, it's uh, they were subject to like these abusive, abusive oh, YouTube God. copyright claims. Um, and so, you know, I guess these, these like false claims were filed in, in Malaysia, um, and YouTube, which I, I just imagine that most of this is automated, right? So like YouTube yeah, took probably. it down due to a bunch of false copyright claims. Um, however, you know, lo-fi hip hop girl will be back within the next 24 to 48 hours. Um, so unfortunately, thank God. If anyone had a <laughs> test, <laughs> anyone had a test today, they probably failed. Um, <laughs> yeah, the world's productivity took a dip. Uh, but she she will return. Um, so I'd love to see the the analytics on that. Just like yeah. like America has the worst quarter ever because like lo-fi beats to study to drops off and like people don't know productivity <laughs> falls off a cliff. Recession <laughs> happens immediately. Yeah. We're going to see ripple effects for this. Gas prices are going to be 10 bucks like in two weeks or something like that. Oh God. So that was one thing. Just wanted to squeeze that, squeeze that update in. If you're waiting for lo-fi lo hip hop girl to come back, she will be back soon. Um, in the meantime, listen to magic beans. In the meantime, yeah, yeah, listen to go. magic there beans. Go. There it is on rotation. Joe, you're back. So there's that. Um, that was the one really groundbreaking thing I had to say. Um, but uh, there was also something else. I just, you know, now I'm like, just. Well, this is excellent. Just, this is more an opportunity for Bruce to speak, which. Yep, mean. go ahead. Um, but <laughs> so I had, so another question about the album I had was it was funny because I'm listening to, to so Wind Walker, first of all, I love that song. Probably my favorite song off the album, even though there's a bunch of cuts that I really like. But that um, Staycation and Catterday were funny because I kind of was listening to Staycation. I came back to it and looked at the name and was like, damn, this does this this puts off that vibe so perfect. I was actually doing chores in the house and I was like, this is perfect. Um, and then I was listening to Catterday and I was like, this. And I looked at the Catterday and I was like, somehow this does remind me of cats and I don't know how, but it was the synth. the synth is like, meow, yeah, maybe, meow. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes, exactly. I was like, this is insane. But so it did get me to think um, because I think naming songs is always an interesting thing. And I remember I first heard goose had this album drip field. And I don't think I knew what the word, I don't think I knew it was drip field for a long time. I just listened to people say, it and I was like, I have no idea what they're saying. Um, <laughs> but so it's, it's hard to name songs, I think sometimes. And yeah. I, for it, nineties kid kind of gave me a little bit as a nineties kid, but that feeling, you know, and I just was wondering like, what kind of was, what was the process? Cause we talked about the recording process, but what's the process like for you guys when you're <laughs> actually trying to think up names for these songs? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think for our normal songs, we're we're really traditionalists. We don't do the jam band song where you name it, 
you name it like twizzle sticks and then it doesn't that's yep. not in the, that's not in the yeah. song at all so there's right no like, no, <laughs> like we're usually on. like whatever we repeat in the chorus like we'll like name the song we don't try to trick anyone in that way okay, but when it came to like the instrumentals i think that's the funnest thing about instrumentals is you can literally name them anything um and and I'm always jealous of instrumental bands that get to just like name their songs, whatever. And like, <laughs> so I think you, some of them we we like Windwalker just kind of sounded like, like Avatar wind bending, maybe like, you know? maybe it has, it has like a uh, Navajo sort of New Mexico vibe wind walking. I don't know. And then I could see that. Yeah. Nineties kid just sounded like, like a Hey Arnold theme song sort of thing. Like it would just be the theme song <laughs> on, like, on like a Nickelodeon show in the 90s. Oh my God, and yeah. So it opens it up to just like have fun. Verity Mart is like a tribute to our favorite bodega in, in the French Quarter of New Orleans. It's like, oh, it, cool. you can, it's open all night. And like, uh, like we've been there and you see the craziest stuff, like this guy in like a whole leather horse gimp outfit and then his girlfriend has like him he's like biting into like the whatever leather horse thing and she's got the leash and they're like wandering around getting like gatorades and like sandwiches <laughs> from this bodega and it's just like <laughs> it's our favorite place so oh, New Orleans. yeah you can kind of just like do home homages to, to things and like dig out of like the inside joke bucket a little bit more than than when you're writing a song where where you want people to know what the song is. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, champion fans are easily tricked. We got we I try to trick them all the time on the podcast with false information. So it's uh and it works. So yeah. I feel like but it's I, like I like um, yeah, like an Umphreys like man, I've been seeing that band since 2006 and I'm not going to date myself, but that's a long time. Oh, I mean, yeah. Bruce has uh, been seeing them since the 80s. Oh, well, <laughs> since since 04. Um, oh, really? Not anybody's counting. But yeah, I mean, wow. honestly, I was always, you know, again, going back to some of these local music scene um, conversations we've had today, like, I they kind of always came out east from somewhere that, again, I wouldn't have thought had much of a music scene, but we have a lot of friends that are big music fans from the Midwest there and from the Michigan area and stuff like yeah. that in Indianapolis down through, like we talked about Cincinnati and Covington. Um, there's a great music scene out there in the Midwest and they would, but they would, those guys would come out East. I'd heard about them in high school. And again, shout out the tapers and getting a lot of music through, through, through trades on, on CDs and stuff. And um, you know, they would come out here uh, a lot. So I was lucky enough to be able to like get to see them, you know, mm -hmm. fairly locally because um, they'd always try to hit New York and, you know, of course, Nokia Theater, PlayStation or Best Buy, and it's no longer around. But um, uh, they would also come to Connecticut, too, you know, a lot. They've even played in Bridgeport at, at this Klein Auditorium. So, so strange stuff like that. They're but, one know, of those bands yeah. that like I think a lot of bands like have a huge fan base, but they they like people travel a lot. So they're able to like bring people to different cities and that's how they're able to like sell out venues in multiple cities. I feel like Umphreys did so much legwork. Like they were doing 250 shows a year that yeah, like they when they go to like Knoxville or like random kind of off, off the beaten path towns, like they literally have fans there. Like it's not like oh. people from Nashville driving to go. There are those people, but like, they put in so much like they have like fans in every town and they would go to Connecticut and they do those towns that people don't always think of. And I think yeah. that's really speaks to them. And and it's a very Midwest thing too, to, to 
be about the underdog. So, you know, they're, <laughs> yeah. they're all about playing yeah. Iowa still. They're, they don't oh. care if oh. it's like a soft show. You know? Right. Like, right. You know, crush right. Iowa. Let's do some Notre don't, I think some Notre Dame guys, Rudy, you know, that whole thing. But oh, <laughs> Rudy, Rudy, we, can't right. get, we can't get into sports here on this podcast. <sighs> <laughs> I try a sports podcast or Lackawanna podcast. College Falcons. Let's go Falcons. <laughs> That's right. It's the only team we uh, talk about here. Um, <laughs> the, Scott, uh, we'll explain the joke after. Uh, we'll, yeah, we'll explain it. Yeah. <laughs> the squirming <laughs> Berman. So, um, okay. So I think unzipped, um, as you know, as a package is pretty incredible, but I want to talk like to touch back on, um, what you mentioned about future product projects, um, and kind of doing, you know, an Americana, uh, a Reblo influence project. Uh, and then, uh, you <laughs> know, Bruce can yell uh, in the middle of it and heckle, yeah, you, Bruce can heckle you when you tore those. Um, and then, you know, wh- whatever's coming next. And I'm wondering, like, do you find that, your songwriting is more fruitful when you kind of fully immerse yourself in a style, um, you know, or is it, is it, is it easier to kind of bounce back and forth and, and, and paint with broad strokes for me, for me, it's definitely easier to play all sides. I think, I think I enjoy, I we're such an eclectic band. Like we don't have, one style of music we listen to like like i'm listening to jason isbell i don't know if you guys listen mm-hmm. like like mm-hmm. chris stapleton stuff like that and then and then i'm we love i like dj deep house music like sure. boris Bredja and like yeah, like yeah, i like absolutely. it all man so it's really absolutely. hard for me to like hone in my songwriting I, i've been a songwriter a really long time like I, that was what i started doing on guitar before i learned to like solo and do all that stuff. I really just like to write songs. I would write, you know, three chord songs. And and that's just always been my ethos with music is as like, a. am I'm, I'm, I always see myself as more like an artist songwriter than an actual musician. Sometimes like some, some people like, I just really think in, of music of, of songs and, and melody. And, and that's just how I approach it more than of like raging, you know, but, but I do like mm-hmm. to rage as well. So I, I I don't know, man. I yeah, I think it's like we, we just do whatever and then and then like I said, you know, I'll come to the group and I'll be like, all right, I wrote this song. It's like got like 808 drums on it and like all this like crazy synths, and then I, I wrote this like three chord song. It's about my mom. Oh, and yeah. it'll be like try to like put it on the same record, and that's the bean <laughs> sound. I mean that's been if you if you listen to records we just we're all over the spot and stuff and i think now it's just we're gonna try to do that but like try to put things in a corral so when people go to the record they can get like all that in the record so they know like oh this is kind of the acoustic vibe i'm gonna put this on when we're doing thanksgiving you know what i mean or something and and i know it won't all of a sudden go to like or something like that or like some funky song like i can play it so like that's that's literally the inspiration for that is just trying to like corral things into their little area not do it all at once um yeah and it's cool because i think that art has been lost in the past couple years with like streaming and all that where people are focused more on the single than the album but like mm -hmm. because it's been missing i feel like artists are now going back to that and saying no we want to have like a one whole cohesive album that's easy to listen to all the way through and I think, I don't know, I think it's like fans are also kind of starved for it because we haven't had it for so long. So like mm-hmm. it's new to a lot of people who are coming up who may be younger and never really had CDs or tapes or anything like that where they had to listen the whole, to the whole album. But uh-huh. it's cool to hear you guys putting that intense behind it. But uh, 
I was curious about like the difference between, I guess, your intents historically with making studio stuff and playing live. So, like, do you guys have any difference of, I don't know, anything where like you're putting together songs, the energy behind it, uh, how you're playing, where you're in the studio versus in front of an audience? Right, like different arrangements, right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah no, that's a really good question. Um, that's always one of the hardest things with jam bands um, is I think a lot of people try, including ourselves, try to translate the live show into the studio too much. And then you, the, the studio songs don't get served in the way that they should be uh song first. And you're like, well, it needs like, how will people know that we rage <laughs> and that yeah. we're like super kick ass. And then I can play <laughs> these super fast guitar licks or something, you know? So you think you, it needs to be on the record and there's ways to find, find a way to include all that stuff if you're really thoughtful with it. But, I, you know, if you go through our discography, you see it. I mean, the songs get shorter. And so, it, like, from the first record, we got some seven, eight, ten-minute songs. And then it, they get, and you got to hone it in. So so we serve the song. Now now our whole thing in the studio is we serve the song. And then there's there's a million ways to to make it jam, jam. You know, you can jam any section of a song. Mm. We're, we're like a... <laughs> We're, we're such a jam band sometimes we don't even like jam on a part of the song we just like go into a jam that it sounds nothing like the song. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like i don't know but i think some other jam jam bands do that like sometimes like fish you know they got like i guess it's type one people call it right where it's like yeah, yeah. you're over the, the you're over the chord progressions or whatever and that's yeah. the easy part i mean you can always extend a, a section and and solo over it right. um and but I don't know if you need to do that in the studio as much, you know, and, but there's a million ways to do it. I think to bring in Dripfield, goose does a wonderful job of getting some of that in there without it being too like, I'm just zoned out now. They kind of like, like fading mm -hmm. out outros, like doing like an outro where like the guitar and you hear the beginning parts of a jam and then it just kind of fades out, you know? And like, yeah. And you're like, Oh wow, that was going somewhere. I'm going to go check out a live version to get that taste. Yeah, I think that's also another thing is like, this is your only chance to do the song studio. Every other time you do it, there'll be a big old jam. So it's like, right. if right. people want a short version, this is their only place to go. They can't go to uh, on Nugs and find your, unless you keep it that way at the show, which we do too. But but yeah. you get what Some I'm saying, where it's yeah. like, this is your one chance to just concentrate on the songs as a jam man. So just concentrate on the song. And then you'll you could jam the fuck out of it later. But so to some extent, with those guys still being fresh with the studio, because like Moon Cabin, they did in the studio a very long time ago when they were pretty young. And then shenanigans had to come together in pieces kind of over the pandemic where they recorded at their separate houses, some of the stuff, and had a little bit done in the studio, but it had to be pieced together. So Dripfield was the first time and they had a, you know, they hired a, a pretty um, well-known indie producer D, D James Goodwin who we did have on to talk about some of this Good stuff. I podcast. think he was he was the one who helped I think yeah please go listen to that episode again um advertising revenue but so we <laughs> but it's but it's actually a, a really good episode and he talked a lot about that creative process and I think he helped the guys you know hone in on the fact that they didn't want to kind of have jams too much of them at least on this album and they kind of want to reserve that for a, another album still you got to find a way to, to do that tightly but i'm wondering if you guys did, you know who helped produce 
your album, this album Unzip that we've been talking about, or did, did you have anybody who was really just you guys kind of handling it all? In, in, in terms I, of- I, I basically was the producer. I produced okay. and, and mixed and engineered the whole record. I'm pretty into like that stuff. <laughs> I, <laughs> I got I got really into just like sound and 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 producing music in my own time. I have some like solo records that I've produced, um, and cool. then just kind of honing my skills, waiting waiting for the opportunity to do magic beans. And and this was that opportunity and it's cool. Uh, I think it's, it's, it saves us money. I'm, I'm definitely, you know, it keeps, it keeps it internal. I definitely would be into hiring a producer. It's something we've always talked about and we actually might do for a future release for the acoustic release. I think Mm. in particular could serve from like an outside cause it's so song based. I want to hear an outside perspective on those tunes and, and I, you notice it, like you said, with Goose. I mean, it's cool to see bands get the budget to really get the art they deserve to yeah. put out. Is it, you really are hearing a band's budget when you listen to their record. Not to be like right. frank with people that don't know this, but like you can no, listen no, to a band definitely. and they could be like, this doesn't sound as good as Dripfield. And it's like, it's not all just that the songs are better. It's like, that the mixing mastering process, the miking of individual instruments, the tone gathering and collection of a, like a really good producer, Nashville studio, real studio, you know, sound isolation, all that stuff costs like a bunch of money and, and time and, and in the studio. So it's, 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 it's super cool to watch bands really get to finally do that. And like, I think that was Goose's drip field. I think that's what what this album will no, be known for as they pr- continue to make more music is like really their first chance to like let the art get the full attention it deserved, you know. Yeah. No 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 doubt about it. I and, think that's and, a really really interesting point. Yeah. That's like uh because I I do think um there's this school of thought that that you know, it's so much easier to make music now, right? With the advent of technology, right? Like it's at your fingertips. Anyone can get something on Spotify. Mm-hmm. Um, but like there is such, there are so many levels to it, um, you know? And I just, I think it is a really, really important point, um, you know, to keep to keep top of mind. Um, but also like, um, you know, I think that there there's something to be said for like a whole, not, a whole lot of know-how. Um, and y'all made some, Pretty incredible stuff. Um, Unzipped, it sounds great. It's, I think it sounds it's really well it, produced. It's like both you know? sides, man. It's like you know, like what, on one angle, it was like when you, if you've ever watched like old videos of the Grateful Dead when they were producing their records, like the producer was getting in the way. Yeah. Oh, they, that, that can also they be were hard, they were hard to work with. Well, the yeah, they were. I, I would have been like. Yeah, yeah, no, it's <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. No, no, it would have been awesome, but like, uh, so I think that's part of it. Like, like removing the producer has its own vibe where it's like literally just the boys making this art project, which is pure. And then there's also mm. the vibe of having a having the know how of like a, a smart guy to be like, you guys are green as hell. This is a t- terrible decision, and I'll show you how to do it right. <laughs> uh, which, and which I feel like for even at this point was you know. And I feel like for this this album too, like it was beneficial to do it yourself. The way you were talking about the recording process, the writing process, like, yeah, it, you just need to hit the record button and play. Whereas something that's more song oriented, you want to have that outside perspective to be like, well, it's kind of going in this direction. Let's take it back. Let's bring the song to its core and let's see if we could yeah. bring it anywhere else. 
That's a really good right. point. Or let's honestly. drop all I, of these pots and pans and kitchen utensils yeah. on the ground for arrow. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. It's percussion, sun, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I it's not a conga, that, it's a saucepan. I could have played um, the dropping shit on the ground um, instrument for sure. <laughs> that's my musical ability. Drop field. That's it, Scott. Uh, welcome any to the great beyond. All of the stuff yep. that we say routinely on this show. You're in. You're in. Um, all right, let's do a giveaway here. Let's do a giveaway. We've got a signed copy of Magic Beans unzipped vinyl. Oh, snap. Um, and uh, you know what we're gonna do? We're gonna do a little bit of trivia. So, oh boy. Although this is a, <laughs> this is a non goose podcast, they'll be involved in the question. Um, in the chat, tell me two covers that Goose played at Beanstalk Music Festival for your chance to win. Good one, unzipped. Unzipped. While we we wait to see, while we we wait, let's talk about this cover some more. Let's talk about some the cover. Um, is that a YKK zipper? YKK on your zipper. YKK on your oh, zipper. You know That's it. right. You already know. <laughs> I do this, this cover art that he came up with is is, is excellent. It's really excellent. Yeah, I'm curious. Did about... the did the cover come first or did the name? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, and there is a story to it. Uh, the the cover came first, which is something ah. we've never never done before. He uh he actually just bought the he had the the zipper as just a part of another collage idea that he sent me for the record. And I was like, I love it. I love the bold red. I think it's commanding. I think it should be against a black background. And then I think it should be opening up with like all these different things coming out of it. Um, And he went with it and did his own magic to it. And then I changed the name of the record to unzip. I forget what it was going to, what we were going to call it. It was going to have a super cool name, but this one's even better. (laughs) Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right so uh just people in the chat here um there is uh at least one correct answer oh uh, there it is oh, there ron it is. adelberg hey on oh, hey, ron. the one and only ron adelberg sorry dave beat you to the draw sorry jess beat you to the draw uh what willie thinks i don't know if you were just guessing covers but you almost got it uh, so <laughs> uh, ron adelberg we've got your address um we are gonna send you a signed copy of unzipped by magic beans so dust off that vinyl player ron um and big ups to ron um Grateful Music LLC, photographer extraordinaire, longtime oh. friend of the band, the podcast, uh, and mm. everybody in the scene. Always greets you with a smile um, and a camera. I'm sorry that I was being so weird on Sunday at Petron. Um, so anyway, uh, <laughs> must have been the CBD. Right, yeah, CBD is CBD. potent, and and definitely people need to drink water. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> it was that CBD at uh, 1,000 feet altitude really got me. Um, so magic beans. Beyond Unzipped, uh, which has been unleashed on the world. Um, also, Scott, good news. Just got playlisted. Just saw an email come through. Uh, a little lo-fi hip-hop playlist. No big deal. Um, so, nice. um, uh, Magic Beans, Beyond Unzipped. Uh, got a little hot bean summer coming up. Um, so <laughs> We touring, baby. Touring hard. So, um, New Mexico this week. New Mexico this weekend, Durango? little Durango, little 
little uh enchanted circle that's what they call that area it's got mm. it's got vibes it's got green chili nice um, oh, i love green chili it's great vibes are cool but green chili is <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um so we got that uh frisco colorado next week 10 mile music hall patio uh a little twofer we got July two nighter frisco yeah. two nighter and steamboat, steamboat. Shout we're kind of all Reagan. about the multiple night runs i was telling you yeah. about it greg i think but uh we're moving in that direction. Our whole uh, fall tour is going to be based around some multiple night runs in some of our favorite cities. And awesome. like when I got into jam bands, that's how it was, bro. Like we would go see Railroad Earth three nights, Humphreys three right. nights. Like yeah. it was about yeah. the multiple night. And now I feel For like sure. people like they're trying to get, they want to go in the bigger venues. So they stack the bill. Right. And that, and now you're only seeing one set of these bands as they got like a bunch of support, which is cool too. But it's like, I, we just want to play several nights of music. Sure. Yeah. I know absolutely. as a fan, that's what I always said to our buddy John Lombardi has been working with the band for a long time, but it was like around, you know, 2016, 17. And I finally picked a manager, Matt Kalinske towards the end of 17 or halfway through that really helped get them to, into more places and stuff. But I was like, you know, once they have these two night runs, like it's 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 not as easy for to travel to these one night runs easier either. So and it's more comfortable for the band too. you guys can get in the pocket. You don't have to like just rush around, you know, and, and trying to get ready and trying to get out of a venue. So it's like save that gas. That's that's a big part of that. I definitely say that. But I love it. I'm all, all about the two night runs. I think it's easier for fans too to get to. So I feel like it's about almost a better opportunity for everyone. As yeah. well, but I the guess music is just... way cooler, man. When you're just like posted up, and yeah, and like you said, oh. if you're gonna travel an hour for a show, it you much rather get like a hotel room for the night or two and like make a journey out of it as opposed to just a for one show. Right, absolutely. Yeah, and even as an audience member, I was explaining it as like if there's a two night, three night run, like it's kind of like going to a show and leaving at set break. Like if you're not gonna, if you're just gonna go to one night and not go to the other nights, then like what'd you go to the one night for? Like <laughs> if you're not doing anything, might as well just go to all three, you know? So um, we appreciate it. I, yeah, I constantly definitely. buy one tickets, one to multi-night runs, just expecting myself to buy more tickets at the yeah, show. Yeah. Like, it always I'll happens, do it so. at the show. I just did Umphreys and I saw one, one night and I was like, bop. I just bought my ticket for yeah. another night at the show. I guess I'm going tomorrow. Like, oh, <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, we've, uh, I don't know, I guess the older I get though, the more trouble I have with multi-night runs, no matter where they are, but that's mm-hmm. a me thing. Um, that means heading back East trout stock, Quimmins hollow, uh, August 5th bears picnic, Blaine PA, August 6th, Firelights, Edinburgh PA, August 12th, uh, jam packed Richmond, August 13th. And I'm just wanted to mention this. So I decided to read all of them. Dylan amphitheater. <laughs> um, August twenty seventh, Dillon, Colorado. I am so stoked to get out to Dillon um, to see that spot. But um, the Colorado heavy, Colorado heavy lineup, right at Dillon, is it uh, y'all, the Motet, and Eminence? Yes, sir. Ah, oh, nice man. Stacked up, stacked up. That yeah, venue is really definitely good. beautiful. Um, our drummer's first gig with the band uh, seven or eight years ago was at that venue. So. Oh, wow. Uh, really? So wow. can you tell me a little bit about the differences? Cause did they do any construction or like it used to be a free venue? Is that right? Like someone was telling me about it. Yeah, it used to be, it was definitely beautiful still, but it was more of like a free pavilion in the park where they were doing, you know, fireworks with like uh orchestra and like, like early magic beans, you know, paying us, 
couple hundred bucks to come play a free show for whoever wanted to come down. Uh, okay. stuff. And then they revamped it and spent a bunch of money. Gorgeous. Kind of uh, turned it into more of a destination spot. Got uh, mm. AEG, which is a big music promoter out here, uh, to, to start booking. Right. And and it went from, yeah, just like local shows now. I mean, to <clears throat> huge, huge bands coming through there now. I think it's really cool. Yeah. No, that's awesome. That's gonna be awesome. It's freaking gorgeous, guys. You're gonna love it. Looks gorgeous. Yeah, I'm also so excited just to just to be out there and see that venue. There's gonna be geese flying around. I guarantee you. I do. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Some timely cheers from the audience. It's gonna continue soundboard listeners. (laughs) It's perfect. (laughs) And with Eminence Ensemble too, friends of the podcast. Friends of the pod. Yeah, they played. Yeah, they they played some Steely Dan as well. Greg's um, Greg sat in with them, but not magic beans yet. So yeah, that's right. Uh-huh. We've got to get these magic beans to come east, um, which hopefully we'll hear some more about some fall stuff. Um, and hopefully we can see you in person. Um, Bruce is yeah. ready to heckle the magic beans. Absolutely. Um, so bring <laughs> I'm so your, glad Scott is looking forward to that. <laughs> it's like yeah, bring your acoustics because Bruce is ready to go. Yeah. Um, you let me you let me know what show you're coming to. We'll do a whole acoustic set. <laughs> You can just talk over the whole thing. I love it. The I album, love the it. next album debut. Yeah, I love, that's perfect. <laughs> yes. Uh, we have Chomper's Corner, the new uh, album. Um, so, Scott, thank you so much for, for joining us today. It's been a pleasure to talk to you um, about all things music. Um, we are so stoked about Unzipped. Congratulations to Ron for winning a, a copy of the vinyl. Uh, but head over to, to Magic Bean Socials to uh, get your own copy of the vinyl. Only uh, less than 100 are left. Yeah. Um, so these things are, are flying off the shelves. Nice. Um, and, uh, I don't know. I feel like I had something else to say, uh, but I'll let Bruce close it out today. No, that's a bad idea. I'll um, let Joey Scott, close any, it out. Scott, any, Joey, anybody? Uh, I mean, I, so Scott, I usually do this whole sign off when we do a studio episode and we were supposed to do a studio episode, but. Oh, that didn't happen. So, all right. Well, thanks for coming, everybody. Thanks for listening. <laughs> thanks for listening. Hey. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we'll see you at the next Magic Bean Show. Yeah. There you thanks go. So, Everyone, so uh, take care of yourselves. Uh, you can't take care of other people unless you take care of yourselves. So nothing selfish about go. taking care of your own health and your well-being, mental state. So make sure you're doing that. And then it'll wow. it'll all go outward from there. <laughs> Scott, you I'm want to be on a podcast full time? That's what I've been doing yeah. wrong, dude. This is why I'm, I'm having a blast. I'm honestly, I'm I can't wait till you guys invite me back. I'm coming. I'm gonna oh, release yeah, another sure. record next week. Just to get it out. Back. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Let's go. This is one of our best podcasts. We're running out of guests, so yeah. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, former former friends of the podcast. Lots of them. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> uh, thank you, Scott. <laughs>
Osiris.